Welcome, Kayleen McCaw here in the Heart of Wild Wood Gardens, getting ready to head back into the mystic. We're living in pretty amazing times. And I, for one, am finding that all the stuff that I started that just wouldn't go before, well, the reason it wouldn't go before is because now's the time. Feels like my whole life has been waiting for this moment. Maybe all my lifetimes have been getting me ready for this moment. When we need to understand what it is to go into the mystic more than ever before. So I propose to have a series of conversations with all different kinds of people, with all different kinds of feelings and thoughts and attitudes, and practice the ancient skill of learning to disagree agreeably, of learning to find a truth that arises from the midst of us, of finding what the truth is because it's very likely something more than any one person can hold on to. And my first guest, created by divine providence in the best possible way, because the same day I was thinking, well, I need to start that podcast again. He popped up saying, hey, anybody got a podcast? And that's the way I like my life to be organized. So here we have Charlie Logan, old theater peep, and the grand poobah of the Logan Light Center. Welcome, Charlie. Hello, thank you. Absolutely. Wow. So um, why don't you just tell us a little bit about what it is that you're doing at the Logan Knight Center? Uh, well, at the moment, very little. <laughs> yeah, right? <laughs> um, at least not outwardly so. Um, but normally we, uh, we do meditation groups here. I do spiritual training and classes, um, individual healings, energy healing, sound healing. Um, a whole slew of things. Uh, a lot of those teachings uh, through the Modern Mystery School, which is the current home of the, uh, the lineage of King Solomon. And, uh, and so that's our, our standard um, operating procedure. Um, and at the moment, we're just doing those meditations online. Uh, and there's a, a little bit of the distance stuff that we can do. Like um, there's a distance healing modality that I work in that I can do and a um, I'm still trying to host, uh, host some other events, things that lend themselves well to the online format, uh, like the Awakening the Divine Masculine night that we do. And um, I'm even offering tarot readings, uh, you know, through Skype or whatever, or Zoom, um, just to keep, I don't know, to keep people having an outlet uh, or an opportunity for, for guidance or healing or, or just a chance to turn off the news for an hour and calm and center themselves. And um, yeah. I don't know, any, any opportunities to spread some, some peace and light and uh, a little extra love out into the world. Yeah, boy, because there is absolutely a need. Oh, my goodness. I, the cat, uh, I don't know, she wasn't at the, in, the video, in the frame by the time we started <laughs> pressing record, but um, she's been this amazing prophetic picture for me. Her name is Opal, and she's 15. She's, you know, about at the maximum shelf life for a kitty cat. And when all this started and the air was so incredibly charged with terror, uh, she started like declining energetically and starting to seem real old. And I just kind of accepted that she's getting ready to leave her body behind. And when she disappeared, I figured she'd crawled into a hole someplace. And, you know, that was the last I was going to see of my kitty. And then I was thinking about her one afternoon and she showed up at the back door again when, and, uh, it's like she started shedding her skin and then remembered she was a mammal <laughs> and came home saying, mom, what do I do? My butt's falling off. And it was horrifying <laughs> and hilarious at the same time. Cause like her skin is just peeling back over her tail and raising up and it's like, oh my gosh, what happened to you pussycat? Well, I was totally prepared to just love her to the other side wrapped her up in a blanket and took her to my guest room where I had changed the welcome sign for visitors to welcome love. You know, I'd created this whole little sacred chamber and now I knew why. And I just love bobbed her and she went to sleep and then she woke up hungry and she's been getting better every day since then. Cause all hmm. she needed was some peace in her energy system. And I really take it as a metaphor for all of us. Oh, well, very much, you know, the, the energy out there is, um, Ooh, heightened it, it, it best, I think. <laughs> yeah. Um, and it definitely, you know, you can definitely feel it when you when you step outside of 
you know, here in the space, I've got lots of uh, protections and grids and all kinds of, you know, great things going on to keep everything nice and clean and pure here. And um, when I when I go out into the world, I, I set my own energy to make sure that that my own little personal stuff is is nice and strong, and I've got my armor on. And mm-hmm. you still go out there and um, and and start getting bombarded with, uh, you know, there's a, just uh, there's a lot of fear. There's a lot of uh, you know that panic sensation. Uh, there's a lot of stir crazy yeah. uh, energy going on. That's and, a thing in and itself. It's, yeah, and and so it's you know it's just a lot of everything. And I feel like the whole thing is just acting as a magnifying glass for everything. So if you're a person who's prone towards a little bit of fear and a little bit of anxiety, that's being super amplified right now. Um, Good news is that it also means that uh, people who are really kind and selfless, um, who are really prone towards going out of their way for others, that's also being amplified, um, which is a lovely part of it. And and so in the midst of these fear reactions and these other, um, you know, instances where you encounter people and their energy is so uh, tense, mm-hmm. um, you also have these lovely interactions with people from behind a face mask that still just give you a kind eye and, um, <laughs> and you feel like, all right, we got this. Good job. We got, yeah, right. I'm smiling. Yeah. Can you tell? Yeah, I was in I was in the line at uh, Trader Joe's the other day, and the woman took down her mask. It's like he can't see me smiling, can he? It's like there it is. <laughs> it is. It's you know, it's it's wacky times for sure. So, I uh, I know for myself, and I got in touch with one of my daughters yesterday, and she said something that might sound like anathema to a lot of people, but I'm feeling it too. He said, you know, this is really the best time of my life, and I'm kind of feeling that. Um, and you know, I don't know where you're at with that, but I really feel like now I totally know what I'm doing here. Um, and I'm a spectator at the greatest show in the history of the world. What's your take on that? It, you know, it's, it's a, it's a tricky emotion by all means, because, you know, there, there is, there's, there's a great amount of, of pain and suffering and darkness in what's happening. And, and at no point would I ever try and claim that, that it's happening, uh, that that is being done on purpose. Um, however, that doesn't mean that we can't take that pain and suffering and, and use it. I don't know if use it's the right word, but, the, but, but get some good out of it, you know, it, it right. make some nice loving light lemonade uh, for lack of a better Way. No, I think that's a, that's, a, that's a great analogy because we got a, and I, I've been thinking along those lines for a while too. It's like that the language that I use is that the way that we've been trained to think about the world, we store up all these files that are coded with not energy, you know, not, which ends up being K-N-O-T knots in our energy field. Mm-hmm. Um, and as long as we're trying to push away what we do not want, we inadvertently keep creating more of what we do not want. Mm -hmm. But it's a really tricky thing to say, well, that's the answer. Just let go of pushing away from bad stuff because it's like, there's some stuff I really want to push away from me right now. Well, and you know, there there are certain things, um, thought patterns, ways of thinking, ways of being, ways of doing uh, that we're just never going to let go of by choice. You know, Um, I find that in my own, (laughs) I mean, certainly, not necessarily just in this situation, but in my own life in general, you know, there have been many times in my life where it has taken an outside, um, an outside force to come in and finally give me the impetus I needed to let go of something that up to my own devices, I would have held on to probably forever. Um, you know, just because not for any other reason than the fact that it's just something that I'd always held on to, and it was just always there. And it was just the way I was used to doing it. Momentum um, is a powerful force. Yeah, and and sometimes it it sometimes it takes something being, uh, you know, sometimes the obstacle has to be put in your way for you to learn how to climb over it, right? Because uh, otherwise, we just keep walking straight ahead. Because why would you do anything else? Right. So if we take that as the construct, I mean, if only because emotional logic says that's what works, right? Mm-hmm. There are points where yeah, I feel the way I feel, but nonetheless, I know that there's a path through this. There's a path through that gets me to the other side, feeling grateful for the journey, 
you know, and I don't have to try to feel good about Well, I actually do. <laughs> the rules say I do have to feel good about it now if I want to feel good where I'm going. And it's like, it just doesn't seem fair. But that, that's the trick. Well, and so we have to get to a point where we can make some peace and feel good about it, at least if we want to be productive about it, yes. But that doesn't mean we have to feel good about it immediately. Right. <laughs> um, in, in Kabbalah terms, we talk a lot about the 15-minute rule, uh, which you know is a, a fun little term to call it, but it's, uh, the, the teaching behind it is that a true emotion, when it comes up, should last about 15 minutes. And after that, then you're holding on to it for another reason. Oh. Um, you know, then it, then after 15 minutes, if you're still hanging on to that, that means that it's, that it's rooted in something deeper and that there's something else you have to find and dig out to figure out what's going on. Mm -hmm. But, uh, you know, we don't want to just not express our emotions, um, you know, because then they get rooted in the subconscious and become a whole, you know, a whole nother set of stuff yeah. that we have to dig out later. Um, this is a place where I think we're really getting stuck because, Oh, kitty. Use <laughs> the people for a minute while I let the cat out. Okay, I'll let you out. Um, and, and here I am, and I did not prepare a single musical number for the occasion. Let's call that a commercial break. <laughs> I was just saying, and here I was, I didn't prepare a single musical number for the occasion. What was I thinking? Darn it. Uh, so what was I saying? Um, yeah, so um, one of the traps that I find that people get into, and from both ends, is that well-meaning spiritual people who want to share the answers that they found, and I've done mm -hmm. this myself, is it's very easy to think that what you need to give people is the answer that you came to at the end of your journey, and that should be what you need. But it turns out that that's almost one of the most powerful traps that there is. Because where the road ends up is not at all the same as where the next step is. And mm. when I'm angry and scared and <laughs> bristling all over, you know, and you tell me the answer is to let it go. <laughs> you know, or I, that's going to make people want to let their fist go into your face. Exactly. Or <laughs> not yours, of course. The, the answer is to feel your feelings. No. That's also not really helpful if the only feelings I know how to feel are terror. There's like, there's another, this, how do you get to transmutation from terror? Yeah, it's, it, again, yeah, it is, it's a tricky balance. Um, the, so it's hard because when we get into fear, then a lot of times we're no longer really feeling a true emotion. That's something, you know, it's, that's kind of a different, because uh, so, this gets into some different stuff, but it's it's certainly worth going into. You know, when we talk about things like, um, you know, happiness and um, contentment, and there's different things. There are a lot of things that are emotions, um, that are just true emotions. But then when we get into things like love and fear and joy, yes, they're emotions, but they're also states of being. Hmm. And so like that's an actual force. It's an actual energy that is more than just the emotions that we feel on a day-to-day -day basis. Um, so it gets a lot trickier when we're dealing with things like fear because it, because it so easily becomes a state of being more than just an emotion. Mm -hmm. um, because really it shouldn't be an emotion at all. It should be a response that happens sometimes. Um, you know, originally designed if we were being chased by a tiger. <laughs> right, that's interesting. I, I never heard somebody put it that way. I like that, though. That's a great distinction to make, that when I'm feeling fear, it's a mechanism that's trying to keep me safe. Right. And so when I feel fear, I'm safe to say, that's not me. That's the machine inside of me working on old data. And mm -hmm. I want to be in the present where I have access to my true emotions, which are pure. And, and a fear response naturally in our body creates adrenaline because a fear response is designed to help us run hard and fight fast. You know, it's one of those old, old brain um, responses. Mm -hmm. um, so one of the simple things that, that you can actually do to help when dealing with fear is just to give yourself a physical activity um, to help get yourself out of it. Uh, which seems silly, 
Um, but it's uh, my teacher and guide, Barbara, uh, uses a wonderful analogy of, you know, we're supposed to have that fear response that that is tells us that our lives are in danger and that we need to run hard and fight fast. So it creates that adrenaline. Um, but if a person goes to the mailbox and opens up an envelope from the IRS, although, well, now it might be a hopeful reaction because it might be a stimulus <laughs> check, but normally that's a fear reaction. And so the body feels that fear and creates all this adrenaline to run hard and fight fast, but then it has no outlet for it. And then it becomes toxic in the body well, and then it becomes something that stays. Yeah. So the story that I tell about that, you know, same process mm. is that you've got the three levels of the brain, right? We're talking about that reptilian level, the root level, mm -hmm. and we've got the mammal in the middle, which sometimes they call it a squirrel or a lion or, you know, it's a mammal <laughs> in the middle. It's the monkey brain. And then at the top, you got the bird brain, which doesn't sound too good, but it's like it's the eagle brain. It's the, it's the, Titan, yeah. it's the human brain. It's the thinker. The storyteller is what I, I came to call it. And sure. the storyteller makes up reasons why all of that stuff has been generated by the lizard at the bottom of the tree, right? And if that machine is just generating fear because it thinks that's what it's supposed to do, and we tell a story about why we're scared, that is, well, it's because there's a bad guy out there who wants to hurt me, we're living inside that story, and it becomes our reality. Mm -hmm. So... On some level, it seems like you can hack that process by starting at the top and saying, I'm going to tell a story that's bigger, that encompasses all of this, that allows that lizard at the bottom of the tree, you know, that, that old brain to, because it doesn't only do fight or flight. It also mm -hmm. does love and care mm -hmm. if we let it. Yeah, it's there, it, you know, it's... Um that's definitely the place we want to get to with it by all means. Uh, and there, and that's where, you know, play things like meditation and, and, uh, and keeping the, the mind and the emotions more calm and clear and, and being able to be in that kind of alpha brain states on a regular basis um, really comes in handy because then we are much more elevated and much more in control of those responses. And we're not going to have to, we're not going to have that response when we when we open a letter, you know, because we're going to come from that elevated place that isn't going to allow that to happen. Um, you know, so it's just different ways to, you know, I guess kind of if you think about one ways to kind of attack it from the top, one kind of attack it to the bottom. Um, yeah. but it just depends on, you know, where where a person is in any given time, I'd say, because uh, with it's a a good amount of the time right now with where I am in the work I'm doing, I can approach most things from a little bit more of an elevated place and, and not had as many of those lower reactions. Mm -hmm. um, but even for me, especially with the energy that's going on right now, it's a little more challenging. And for a lot of people who have not managed to calm that part of the mind quite yet, uh, that can be a little bit more of a daunting task. Yeah. Um, you know, but so there's there's just different you know different tips and tricks of ways to go about making it you know whatever's going to make the transition uh out of that out of that fear out of that adrenaline and and let that toxicity out of the body and the system and the mind um you know uh what's the old it's uh i don't know the actual saying but it's a it's an old doctor saying um that goes something along the lines of you know oh what's the what's the best medicine for this? Is it a pill? Is it a, is it a serum? Is it a shot? Is it a whatever? And it's, well, the answer is whatever medicine you'll take is the right one because no matter how good that pill is, if you refuse to take a pill, it's never going to help you. Mm -hmm. I don't think about it. No, that's, that's, that's a great point. Uh, cause you know, whoever is joining us, it's bound to be people in a lot of different places. Oh. And, and that's the goal is to, create a, a spiritual tool that is simple enough that it doesn't fall into that, you know, it's my truth, but it's your lie problem mm. that, uh, you know, so you're not bright siding somebody who needs to feel their pain and you're not bringing somebody down who needs to feel their joy that we're, we're looking for this one thing that holds us all together. Um, that we can reach together toward that center place of peace and lift each other up. Yeah. So that's what I'm, you know, hoping to build through these conversations. Well, and it is because, you know, I, 
you can have somebody that's in the middle of a fear response that has never meditated a minute in their lives. And if you try and tell them that they need to sit for an hour and breathe and center themselves, <laughs> they'll be like, oh yeah, I'll get right on that, buddy. Thanks. That's helpful. <laughs> yeah. Um, and not to say that there's anything, you know, bad or wrong with coming from that position. It's just where, you know, everybody's at their place and everybody's in their place with it. And, you know, there's a lot of stuff that's going on that if you would come to me four years ago and said, well, you know, if you really want to fix that, you should just meditate. I'd be like, oh, yeah, sure. Because, you know, sitting still is going to fix my problems by all means. <laughs> okay. um, so it is. It, it's I think there's a lot to be said. And that's where there's so much room for. Oh, there's just so much room for compassion in in all of what's going on right now, because because everybody is handling this differently and everybody is coming from a very different place with it. And, and I, I have absolutely no right to tell anybody how or when or where they should be handling any of this because it's, 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 it's so intense for everyone in so many different ways. Yeah. Um, is that ultimately, you know, we're looking at a lot of different things depending on what level you decide to focus on. But the Absolutely. one that makes the most sense to me is that we're uh, we're in our final exam for this level of the human experience, <laughs> and mm -hmm. what the next level looks like depends on the work that we do right now. It does, and uh, I I would say you know the great the great equalizers with all of that with you know no matter what no matter what path no matter what direction no matter what place in in the universe anybody is at or you know our great equalizers with all this are going to be gratitude and compassion which are i mean yeah it seems simple and a little on the hokey side but mm. you know if i can if i can be grateful for what i do have and what is good going well and if i can be compassionate towards myself and others then I mean, everything else really does fall into place and it seems silly that it would be that simple, but it's, but sometimes it is, you know? Yeah. You know, it's funny. I'm, I'm, it's like my spirit's reaching out and this isn't live. So there's nobody watching right now, but I can feel people in the future having this, Oh, fuck you response. You oh, by all means. And I, trust Come me. on. Yeah. Oh, gratitude. I'm supposed to be so grateful that the president's a moron and the Satanists want to kill me and the, the aliens are coming to eat my adrenal glands and I can't get I lost my job. Come on. Right? I know. Trust me. I know. I get it. It's so, <laughs> that's why I've been looking for like neutral language. I mean, ever since mm -hmm. I went through the church and I had this incredible high holy experience mixed with crazy, weird, dark stuff. And when I came mm -hmm. out, I was so broken and confused. It was like a preview of this time. It's like I, I already did that, you know, which is the only yeah. only cred I have right now is that I've been practicing for this my whole life. <laughs> and what do you do when you're supposed to, I mean, what do you do? when everybody who was supposed to be taken care of you turns out to be dangerous? What do you do when the person you have to forgive is God? I mean, how do you, how do you get your head around that? It's, it's not easy by all means. Uh, the only thing, uh, it's kind of my answer to most things is start small. Like I'm, I'm a big, um, I don't know if it's, you know, remnants of anxiety issues or perfectionism or, or whatever, but uh, I don't do well with big drastic changes. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, I'm great at them for a day, but I fail instantly. Like, you know, I get real gung-ho and excited and then I don't. So I have found with myself that that baby steps are just awesome. Like, and I think it's, so I'm either a naturally very lazy person or I'm just really, really efficient. It's a very fine line, but either way. Mm -hmm. um, but I've found that, you know, if I can find ways to implement small changes that require as little effort as possible, that give me as much result as possible, then it's very easy for me to take those small changes and make them into big ones. And very gradually, so that I didn't even really notice that I started making a big change because it happened so gradually. 
I like that. I like that. That's kind of my strategy too. Uh, efficiency. Absolutely. Yeah. Like technical efficiency. What's the most powerful and smallest thing I can do? And I've been putting that mentally in this construct of like the, the fundamental awakening to the reality that we've had the wrong idea about what power is or an incomplete mm -hmm. idea about what power is. Like becoming mm -hmm. aware of the fundamental reality that there are two forces that are working together. There's the yang force, which has been kind of, you know, the boss in charge of the last couple thousand years. Uh, the make stuff happen. It's up to me. You know, I'm the force. Hero. Yep. And then there's the yin force, which mm -hmm. we think we know about, but it's been described through the eyes of the perverted, lonely yang force. Right. So we say, oh, it's about passiveness and surrender. <laughs> it's like, oh, come on. The most powerful thing in the world is a vacuum. Right? And that's the ultimate yin. It just draws you into its sphere. And so for me, I focus on learning about yin power. What is this yin force that at the moment, because we have so little of it, is like the most powerful stuff on the planet. Mm -hmm. If I can just actively inject some of that flow, that movement toward the inevitable happy ending that we know is written at the end of the story because otherwise we wouldn't be here. It's just, it's a stupid story if it ends badly, honestly. It's just seriously. That's it's, just bad writing. Exactly. And we can do better <laughs> than that. That's perfectly. <laughs> Absolutely. And uh, I mean, there, it's, at some point during the process, surrender got associated with weakness. Losing. And to anybody who has ever tried to truly surrender to something, there is no room for weakness there. Like that is something that you need a lot of courage and strength to be able to do. Right. And, you know, like the surrendering to the flow of something is, is terrifying and it requires great strength. Yeah. And, and it is, you know, it's, it's part of this, you know, warp narrative about, about the, the yin energy, feminine energy, however you want to look at it. Um, and it's also think, you know, but it's that warped thinking that passive also means doing nothing. Like just because it's not the, the, because it's the form and not the force that it is less powerful and less than when really the the form has to be able to contain the force so it is even stronger exactly um in its own way and and really they're equal just so different you know or they should be equal. well they they are but you know it's we can't change the way things actually work in my perspective that behind the scenes everything is working absolutely perfectly the way it was designed to but we create this veil between us and that perfection with all of our all of our worry and all of our thoughts and a lot of our negative thoughts we actually inherited from our ancestors so mm -hmm. it's not a blame game i mean we came into a story that just doesn't work and we got programmed with a story that doesn't work we, we yeah. came by it honestly <laughs> yeah exactly it's like no harm no foul but it does need to change Right. Um, and it, you know, we're not, we're, it, our childhoods weren't our fault, but not healing the stuff that happened in them is our responsibility. Yeah. Same, you know, same kind of a thing. Um, you know, we're, we're not responsible for the system that we were born into, but we are responsible for its maintenance um, or, or, or its change, you know, as, as the case may be. And that um, is really kind of the secret thing that's going on here. You know, cause if you look at, all of the different prophecies that point to this time from all the different systems of the world. Um, uh, we're Christing. We're leveling up. We're, we're, we're becoming like full on spiritual human beings. And we no longer have a narrative about how to do that. So we're kind of rebuilding it as we go along. There, yeah, there's a lot of, you know, there's a lot of trial and error that's going to have to happen here. There's a lot of, um, you know, there's a lot of, uh, I'm not trying to, can't think, you know, the, I guess trial and error is the best thing that we, you know, we're going to have to feel it out and, and figure out what this means. Um, 
because there's a lot of stuff that has to fall away and we don't know what it, if it's going to be replaced with anything at all, if it's going to be a completely new situation. Mm -hmm. um, you know, it's just, a, it's a time of such great potential and potential is, I mean, it's, uh, it's a lovely little um, joking word I like to use called uh, excitifying. Um, you know, it is absolutely exciting and absolutely terrifying at the same time because better, worse, who knows? Um, you know, those of us that have the hope and, uh, and a little bit more founding and things, you know, we like, I, I'm, I'm fairly optimistic that it's going to be better. Um, but again, that's what, you know, we were talking about those F words, uh, before this, but that's where that faith really comes in. It's like, do we, do we have the faith that what's going to replace is going to be better? Right. Uh, I'm right. pretty sure I do. Most days I do. Yeah. Most minutes I do. I've been working on that one a lot because that was kind of the big <laughs> event, you know, of, of my life is coming in and out and back in again. I, I, I want to find, I set my sights at some point. I'm going to find my way back into that divine love and I'm not going to go brawling to Yahweh to get it, you know, so <laughs> there, has to be, there has to be another way. Um, but what and then I, we get into, oh, sorry, go ahead. Well, well, what I discovered going through my own process and, you know, getting it wrong over and over and over and over and being hateful and bitchy and, you know, telling everybody the story of how my life fell apart is I, I finally realized that the reason I couldn't let go of it is because I wasn't reaching for something better. I was trying to shake this thing off of me, which is then a story all about this thing that's on me, you know, out, out damn spot. <laughs> my lady Macbeth. And the crazy thing is that when you consciously use this like storyteller brain to tell a beautiful story and you begin to reach for that, well, what do you know? I just let go of all the, all the garbage because, you know, there's something better in my sights. Yeah, there's, so there, there are two, you know, kind of deep core things to that. One is the, I don't remember if this is a, a quote or just a teaching, but, you know, the, it is, it is extremely difficult, if not impossible, to tear something down if you have not already built what's going to replace it. Mm -hmm. um, and I, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty sure I'm horribly butchering a quote right now, but it's, there's something um, the about the, you know, it's not about tearing down the old, it's about building the new so that it can just naturally replace it. Um, which again, gets into that efficiency thing. It, mm -hmm. You know, tearing down, tearing down and building from scratch is, is a much more daunting task. It's a much harder situation. That's not working smart. That's working hard. Right. Whereas just building the new so that it can just step in to take the place as the old crumbles, you know, that's, that's a much more efficient way of doing it. That's a much easier task. Um, and then it, it all comes into the fact that, that we are, we are God, we are the creators and manifestors of our reality. And like you said, with the storyteller brain, whatever story we're telling is exactly what's going to happen. And again, I, and now I can hear the people that are watching this at some point going, Oh, come on. Oh yeah. I just get to say it and it's going to be, Oh, sure. Right. Um, well, but, okay. you know, here's why we feel that way is because when you just, because we are in the habit because we are who we are and the whole cultural, you know, it's our, it's our heritage. We come by it honestly. We use this uh, programming language that uh, it's not based. We tell, you know, we get to the end of one interlude, it's like, well, I do not want to be under the thumb of another repressive, yeah, yeah, yeah. and I do not want to be poor, and I do not want to be ugly, and I do not want to be unhappy. And, you know, the problem is that when you do the math, when you do the logic, you just told a story that's all about everything you don't want, and that's the only place you get to go. It's just, I, I think of it as computer programming and take the emotions out of it. If you language it that way, you're going to stay trying to shake off Macbeth's spot for the, you know, forever. That there ha that, and so the skill that I've tried to develop is in this space 
that you cultivate through meditation or breathing or laying on the ground or taking baths or petting your kitty or whatever gets your nervous system just mm -hmm. calmed down enough to, 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 to just have an instant space between this feeling and the response um, is to translate, actively translate what I hear myself thinking into the positive form. It's like, yes, it's true and it's right that I do not want to be controlled by somebody who doesn't get me. So what do I want? It's like, I want to be following the voice of truth that guides me into bliss. I mean, it took me a while to get there, <laughs> but that's the process. Well, it is, and, and that's where, if you really ask people what they actually do want, a lot of people are, are going to, at least at first, you know, have a little trouble answering. They're like, oh, 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 well, I, I don't know. I know I don't want that. And I know I don't want that. It was like, well, that, that's not what you do want. Yeah. And that's something that's always, I think, worth it for any of us to um, to sit down and think about. And uh, it's a great exercise we do um, in some of the Kabbalah work sometimes is, is you actually you just sit down and imagine, you know, if everything were absolutely perfect, what would it be? What would that look like? Mm -hmm. And if you can't imagine what it would look like, if you can't get to the details of it, then just imagine what it would feel like. What would you feel like when you woke up every day if everything was perfect? Right. That's uh, because if we don't know what we're striving for, or what we actually do want instead, again, like then it's just trying to tear down the old without anything new to replace it. Exactly. Yeah. And, you know, all the teachers end up saying that when you follow them long enough, that's really kind of, and I think that's the next step is, I, I, I think of it as um, recasting the ego or rewriting the role, right? Because the ego is this character that arises to be the keeper of the record of wrongs all the stories about the stuff we do not want to happen. It's like, that's my job. I protect you from all the bad guys. It's like, I'm, I'm the This cop. hurt me once and I'm going to always remember that it hurt me so that it doesn't hurt me again. That's right, and that's the ego's job. It's like, <clears throat> you know, protector. And it's not a job that anybody would want. It's just the job that poor guy got stuck with. You know, and it's not his fault. <laughs> it's still what we asked him to do, but man, is he a pain in the patootie. So it's like, well, it's like so many other things, wonderful tool, terrible master. There you go. There you go. Yeah. So it's like, it, it comes back to this reprogramming thing is having a conversation with the ego. Cause I mean, the old teachings say, well, we want to get to ego death and the only one who's scared of dying is the ego. So that needs a little bit of re restoring right there. It's like, no, 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 no. We don't want to kill you. We want to give you a better job. So since you're obviously really good at paying attention to stuff, how about if you start paying attention to things that feel good? Yeah, you know, it, uh, it's, it's like my, um, so my sister has uh, two children and they're both toddlers right now. And uh, one is one and one is three. And it's just a constant game of distraction. Um, you know, if one of them gets super upset about something, it, it, it's not actually anything that's wrong, right. but it's a toddler and they're discovering emotions and learning how to navigate the world. So some things feel very devastating to them. Mm -hmm. So you don't want to devalue their expression. You know, wanna, you don't want them to grow up and think that expressing emotions is bad, but at the same time, they're actually not upset. Like they're, they're, there's nothing wrong with them. Like there's no reason that they need to be, you know, having this fit. So it's, uh, you know, you, you, you dangle the keys, you grab the toy, you, you just got to distract them. And then as soon as they're distracted, the, then, then the fit is gone. The emotion, like it, there's, there's nothing to hang on to. Mm -hmm. um, and so <laughs> long story and weird way of looking at it, but you know, it, it, our, our, because a lot of the stuff from our, in Kabbalah, we, we talk about it as a positive and a negative ego. It's all the same thing, but it's just different ways to look at it. Mm -hmm. um, and it's just kind of helpful to be able to differentiate because there are positive aspects to our ego. There is a reason that it's there, but it's the negative aspects that are the ones that we need to try and clear up and get rid of and, uh, you know, uh, um, just lessen the power of and again, distract um so it is you know we gotta we gotta dangle that shiny set of keys in front of it um 
be like, oh, look, joy. Right, right. Yeah, so, um, so if we're looking for a takeaway, you know, because people, people need that. And we need to figure out how to give that next step. And, you know, as opposed to all the brilliant philosophy from the end of the road, it's like, yeah, but, you know, given the situation in the actual world, like a practical, uh, this is what I did when I was starting it out, or this is what I do kind of thing. Is there like a, a best practices in the moment gift you want to offer to people? So... It's, it's the baby steps is really my biggest, that's my biggest success uh, thing that I have in anything that I do. Um, you know, so when we're talking, when we're talking gratitude, find one thing that you can be grateful for today. And, and then if you can bring yourself to do it tomorrow to define two things, you know, we're not trying to, to have you be grateful for um, a certain leader of people. Right. on the first day, you know, that's, that's, that's a big step. That's, I don't even know if I'm there, <laughs> you know, but start, but do you, you know, are, are you, are you alive and breathing today? Is that something you can be grateful for? Do you have a roof over your head? Have you eaten today? You know, there are small things that we can start being grateful for. And I know that right now that even some of those things are a little challenging for some people with everything that's going on. And I understand. So, you know, find, find, a, find a small something, but you know, did you, do you have clean water to drink today? Did you sleep in a bed with a roof over your head last night? You know, start small because there are, there are basic things that, that um, many of us have that we really don't, um, that really don't take the time to be grateful for, that there are a lot of people in the world that would be very grateful to have. Mm. Um, so that's a wonderful way to start with that. And, and same thing with like the compassion thing, you know, start, find one person that you can express some compassion to, you know, don't start with the person that is so wrong and that disagrees with you so completely. Start with someone that disagrees with you a little bit <laughs> and show them compassion and, and, and build from there. And, uh, and when it comes to meditating, start small, start with a minute. If start with 30 seconds, if that's all you can manage, it's all fine. There's no wrong. And there's no better or worse uh, to it. And if sitting in lotus position, chanting Om is not going to cut it for you, then take a walk in nature, play some relaxing music. Like there are there are countless ways to meditate. Um, it it's all about the nervous system. It's just anything that's going to get your parasympathetic nervous system take over, so that you can spend some amount of your waking time in heal and digest mode and not in fight or flight mode. Right. any amount of that time is going to be good. And so that's, that's my biggest takeaway. And that's the thing that helps me the best. And that's what I tell people all the time is, Hey, you know, if you can't do this, what can you do and do it? Because there's a big, a lot, a lot of the other thing that comes with this is powerlessness. We all feel so powerless to control anything. Right. So find the things that you do have control over and, and control them for your betterment. Mm -hmm. um, because we are God, we are the creators and, and if you're not ready to step in that role as far as creating the ultimate reality of the human existence right now, start with the role of being the God and creator of what you eat today or how you interact with a person or just what you do with the next five minutes, even if it's nothing else. Mm -hmm. Nice, nice. Yeah, that's a great foundation. I would uh, just take that, you know, I'll, I'll grab the torch and, and take it on the is that um, within that prescription, which is an excellent one, to turn the attention specifically to that feeling state. Because when you try to have better thoughts, then we tend to stay in the idea that the thoughts are the most important part. And it turns out the real superpower stuff is that vortex of coherent energy around your heart. You know, that's the place where uh, science and spirituality are meeting again. They're actually machines that can measure whether you're in a bliss state without asking you just by, you know, the shape of the bubble mm -hmm. that's formed around your heart. So that's that, that positive ego job, the better job, the upgrade, the ego upgrade. How's that? Ego upgrade is, and we can do this. 
You can say, as the writer of my story, I am upgrading my ego to notice when I feel good and say, hey, you know, make it last. Write it down. Do something. What does this feel like? Hold on to that feeling and, and bring yourself back to it when you need to. Yeah, practice it. Memorize it. Because that, that really is our most powerful. I think that's the best next step right now is learn what it feels like to feel good and, and practice it because it takes practice. No. Um, it's, easy, it's easy to forget what that actually feels like, especially with, with the world we live in right now. Yeah. And uh, we're being commanded to feel bad by really loud voices and you know, it's not fair. <laughs> so if, if this didn't get said, it, it bears repeating, you know, it's like, turn off the freaking news. Well, yeah, that's the, um, uh, raising your voice, the next best thing to being right. Mm. Um, <laughs> and there's, and the voices are just getting louder and louder right now. And, uh, and it is, I, you know, they're, be aware of, be aware of, be aware of what you're taking in. It's, um, be aware of what you're bombarding your senses with. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I that <laughs> There's a lot of bombardment. Yeah. So, hmm. Oh, you personally, of course. You know, oh, the, well. The general, the general you. The, the, yeah, the, the, the atmosphere is, is highly charged. The cool thing is that I find it's also very highly charged with beautiful, positive, uplifting things. And that wherever you decide to look, you're going to find lots of whatever you're looking for. It's is that old saying, you know, if you decide that you're on the mission to, to try and find yellow Volkswagens today, you're going to find a bunch of yellow Volkswagens. And, and it's not that there were any more yellow Volkswagens than there were yesterday. It's just that you were looking for them. Mm -hmm. And, and, and it's, it's where we put our focus. That's what we're going to see. And if I'm looking to see people who are scared and, and being bad to each other, I'm going to see everybody who's scared and being bad to each other. And if I'm looking for the people that are being kind and and doing everything in their power to make the world better for everyone else. That's exactly what I'm gonna find and that's what I'm gonna see. Yeah. And it's not it's never appropriate to blame yourself if you're not feeling that right now. Absolutely not. That's not useful. I mean, that's part of what feels bad about this whole world that we're trying to shed like my cat and her tail, you know, it's like we want to shed the world where we feel bad about feeling bad, because then all we do is feel bad. It's like, <laughs> recognize it's like, okay, apparently I was going around in circles and I don't want to do that anymore. Oh, see, I just said it the wrong way. And what I want to do is to, I don't know, if I'm going to keep going around in a circle, I want to do it on purpose. You know, I want to, I want to appreciate my circle. At least make it a conscious choice, yeah. And it's it, when we talk about not judging people and being compassionate with others, that is also that also includes me. You know, it also includes the self, because there are a lot of people out there um, that are really good at not judging others and showing great compassion and care to other beings, and with their own self thoughts and self worth and self care, just are treat themselves in ways that they would never treat another person. Very true. Um, so yeah, you know, we, when we, when we're not blaming people, we're, we're also not blaming us. Um, we, we have every right to, uh, to, to, to cope with this, however we need to cope with it. Now, granted that, that coping is, cannot infringe on others, right. And ability to cope, but you know, there's no, there's no right or wrong or better or worse when it comes to how we have to emotionally process this as long as we're not harming anyone else. Right. Yeah. So it feels like it's about time to wrap up. I, I would like to offer in addition to that takeaway, like a, a proactive blessing, what we used to call a prayer. Right. Trigger words, prayer. Yeah. <laughs> we're not asking somebody to come and save us, but calling on the power that we share to be mm -hmm. the creators, but not the ones who have to do all the work. We are part of the most incredible team that is accomplishing the most amazing thing that's ever happened. And we get to be here. I mean, that's the mindset that I've been cultivating. And now I can feel, you know, I go from feeling just fine to feeling it's like, oh, yeah, there's that bliss thing. There's that God charge. There's that, woo, you know, there's that little light shining. That's Christ in me, the hope of glory. 
Um, so I've come to a form of prayer that is declarations. It's like, I have decided that given that I am writing the story and I'm good at it, I'm going to write a story that ends with all of us being so glad we were here, becoming aware of the beauty that has always been holding us. And at the key moment when the veil is lifted, it turns from a tragedy into a musical comedy production number. And we all sing and dance at the end of time into the glory that we came here to experience. That's my story and I'm sticking to it. It's a beautiful one. I love it. Hmm. Do you have anything you want to share? Um, oh, it is. It's, you know, it's the... It's the realization of that freedom and that power to really and truly love with abandonment and and you know there's 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 so much there's so much beauty in that and the, the beauty of everyone being themselves and being as powerful as they can be and loving each other for it is, um, you know, I can't think of a more beautiful world than that. Amen. Amen. So it is. Thank you so much for being here with me on the the inaugural reboot edition of Into the Mist. Oh, I'm I'm so honored. Thank you so much. Absolutely, it's a great pleasure. So, when are your meditations, and how do people join? Ah, uh, meditations are Monday evenings, 7 p.m. And uh, loganlightcenter.com uh, or Logan Light Center on Facebook. I keep everything pretty well posted on there. Um, also on Meetup, I, I like that's a, a good way to kind of keep events posted. Um, so everything is everything's easy to find on there and you can find the links to, to join the Zoom meeting for the meditations and um, and to get in touch with me for any, you know, questions, comments, concerns, nice ones, please. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. So loganlightcenter.com uh, or loganlightcenter on Facebook, uh, or meetup are going to be the best place for that. Excellent. So. Thank you so much for who you are thank and, you. and for being part of my tribe. Thank you so much.